Hey guys, welcome back to the Through Their Eyes podcast. This is season two, episode three, Working Well with Deacons. And this is a podcast where we look at the world and the church through the eyes of those around us. I'm your host, Michael Clark. I'm your host, Caleb Rutherford. And we're glad that you're with us today. And we have, yet again, Brother Tony Lawrence, Minister for the Bobby Branch Church of Christ in McMinnville, Tennessee. And he's going to sit down with us for two more episodes and talking about deacons. Now, something that Brother Tony mentioned in passing in an episode that uh, we would like to highlight now, at least, and, and you can't see this, but we can. We're Zooming with Brother Tony recording these episodes he is a big Alabama Crimson Tide fan. And uh, it, it, you probably shouldn't have said that. We may lose some listeners can you, now. Can, can you hear that, though? That's the sound of people unsubscribing. Um, no, no. But no, Br- Brother Tony's one of the more level headed Alabama fans that I've known over the years. And I, I really do enjoy getting to talk to him about football when we have that opportunity. Uh, but he is. Honestly, and I'm not just saying this because he's on the episode, when we first talked about who we wanted to get for this season, his name was one of the very first names that popped up, and it definitely became more apparent that we needed him after we found out it was 37 years Mm. at Bybee Branch now. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there's probably a minister out there that has a similar resume, perhaps in years, but I don't know of them, and I'm not sure where they're located. And so 37 years in a specific congregation, that's a long time. Um, that's several presidents that he has served by me through. That's several uh, different types of elections and things that have happened. The technology has changed drastically since he started working with Bobby Branch. And so we know that he knows a thing or two about working well with the congregation. As we talk about deacons, uh, this is so important to give him a chance to give us that perspective as well. So, Brother Tony, w- uh, want to welcome you into the episode and tell us anything. Defend yourself for being an Alabama fan, <laughs> and uh, we'll get started. Well, I grew up near Tuscaloosa, so uh, I have a, a reason to be an Alabama fan. Uh, I'm not as rabid as some people are uh, in the sense that uh, – unless you're talking about Auburn, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm seriously, uh, I just enjoy it as a diversion as entertainment. But, uh, uh, the most important thing to me is Lord's church. Absolutely. And, uh, and I think that's the same thing is true, whether you're talking about politics or, uh, sports or anything else, you've got to always remember, um, you know, my citizenship is in heaven. And uh, that's where I'm focused. And uh, if everybody has that goal in mind, we can enjoy our banter back and forth. But in the in the end, our most important thing is we're brothers in the Christ. Absolutely. Most important thing, uh, certainly. And that is why uh, we do things such as podcasts like these, specifically with our network here, talking about uh, biblical things, certainly the most important things we could ever discuss. We're talking about um, church leadership, and we've been talking for the last couple of episodes about and about elders um, and the uh, the men who over who are over um, a, a specific congregation they uh, they oversee it they lead it um, they help move it in the direction that it needs to go uh, but we also understand um, this term deacon um, we read that within scripture as well um, so as we talk about building up our deacons specifically in this episode um, it, it's it's a little bit different to talk about this because these they are not individuals who necessarily 
hold, uh, I guess, authority um, like like an elder does. But certainly there are roles and jobs that they fulfill, um, and certainly they are very vital to the work of the Lord's church. Um, so let me ask you this, Tony, as we begin, how can you and I, how can we make sure that deacons are well-equipped to be elders, because oftentimes, and we're going to get into this a little bit more as we go on, a lot of times we see deacons uh, being groomed to become elders, but how do we make sure that deacons are well-equipped? Well, I would say that anytime you're going to um, uh, have a deacon who's going to be uh, trained to be an elder, uh, that is a good uh, training ground, if you will. Uh, If you find yourself, for instance, trying to um, have men to serve as elders in the future. Uh, you've got to have them uh, demonstrating before the congregation that they have leadership ability. And uh, the, though the offices are not exactly the same and don't have the same roles and responsibilities, you can see a man who is spiritually minded and who can uh, focus on spiritual things. Um but I will tell you that something that I have observed over years, there have been some people who have been appointed deacons, and I thought, well, they're going to make great elders in the future. And uh, some of them have disappointed me when they get into the role of a deacon, while others have flourished. I've seen some that I thought, well, they'll do a great job, and then they're given a task to do, and they may just sort of um, – not have the interest in it. They've let other things take priority. And then you realize they wouldn't make a good elder because they're not committed as deeply as they needed to be. Um, I've seen others who are just strong and getting something done as a deacon. Uh, Their conviction is strong, but they wouldn't really do a good job as an elder because they may be abrupt and, you know, okay, let's get this job done, you know, and they may not have the kind of wisdom that's involved in dealing with people. Uh, so I, I've seen, you know, uh, things like that go both ways. But uh, uh, I think in trying to make sure that deacons can become elders is to make sure that uh, they're given some responsibilities in some areas that uh, elders will eventually make decisions in. Yeah, I, I mean, I know that there's no scripture that says that a deacon, it's required for a deacon to serve and then become an elder, but that is typically uh, what happens. Uh, I think that that kind of you mentioned something that I thought was very telling there. You see somebody get into that role and you think they're going to knock it out of the park, and then they choose to bunt instead, <laughs> um, and you're not quite sure why, uh, but it's very telling in that moment that maybe they're not ready for that specific role. Uh, we've we've heard the story all the time about the president who stepped down from being an elder, and he said, I'm stepping down from the highest position in the land to serve as president. I think that mentality, knowing that that is how we're supposed to treat the office of an elder, it makes it really important for us to really respect that office and realize that Scripture tells us a lot about how to put elders into office. There is no scripture that says, and here's the exact process to remove them. And so it's kind of a a very dangerous proposal to just make anybody an elder. And so I think that's why a lot of deacons are, are put into that position first, uh, giving them an opportunity to serve and to see how they handle certain situations. But 
I mentioned, I kind of gave away the, the answer to the question, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> I totally forgot. <laughs> if it's a requirement to do this, then obviously we need to do it. But since we don't have a scripture, why do we do that first? What, in your experience, how Bybee maybe has done it over the years or how you've seen other churches do it, What what is the process usually? You take a deacon, you put him into that role, and then what— What's the time frame? I mean, is it is it short? Is it long? Uh, obviously, they have to be qualified to be an elder, but why do we put them as a deacon first, and then what usually is the step-by-step process after that? Well, you know, I can only speak to our experience here. All four of our elders now served as deacons prior to serving as elders, uh, but we've had some elders who were appointed who um, – came to us from other congregations were already qualified to be elders when they came to us. And so therefore they didn't serve as deacons prior to that. So, I mean, that makes sense. Um, But I would say that many times deacons tend to be much younger because the qualification of having believing children and uh, the apt to teach is not there. So um, you, and obviously also the term elder itself conveys the idea of an older man. So you may have like uh, my youngest son was appointed a deacon not too long ago. And so uh, you can have a younger man being appointed a deacon uh, and it gives a a time for maturity, a time to show responsibility. Um, And uh, you can find out that some people's personal dispositions is uh, favorable toward being a leader. And, uh, you know, a deacon has a different role. And uh, his primarily is one of service. Of course, elders do serve as well. But uh, the idea of a shepherd is a little bit different. And so uh, you may see shepherding qualities in that person. Uh, but then another, you may not ever see those. And so it's, it's really a good opportunity for a, the congregation to see uh, this person develop and uh, mature. Uh, and have, you know, that capacity to be a leader. Yeah, I, I think that um, we're, we're talking about deacons, and it's interesting because uh, I think we, we talk about the idea of, of being servants uh, within the Lord's church, and certainly a deacon fulfills that role. Uh, they ha- they are given oftentimes the, the odd jobs, um, and perhaps they have specific areas over which they see. Um, we talk about being a a church that needs to be busy and you look at congregations um, and you sometimes you see within the organization, they have several different um, areas uh, that need that uh, direction of where to go. Um, And oftentimes those are the things that deacons uh, have responsibilities over. Um, So with that in mind, how many deacons does a church need? Is there a requirement? Can there just be one? Can there be, you know, however many uh, that the elders see fit? Uh, How many deacons does a church need? Well, that would be a, you know, a a situation. The only indication we tend to have is from Acts 6. You know, those men are not called deacons, but it appears that that's the work that they were doing. And there were seven men chosen there. Uh, which appears to be the ones needed to take care of um, that particular need at that particular time. Um, I'll just tell you here, we have deacons who serve in the area of benevolence. Uh, We have four of them. Each of them are assigned a week at a time, and that way they're not overwhelmed. Mm. 
Uh, and so I know who to call if we have a benevolent call, say on the first week of the month, second week of the month. Uh, we have uh, each of our deacons here are, are assigned a widow or a widower. So we have a list of all of our widows and widowers, and each deacon has a particular number assigned to them. Um, at this point, we have about three, two to three assigned to each deacon. In the past, we've had as many as five widows and widowers assigned to each deacon. Um, just depends on the numbers. Uh, we have those that organize our worship programs, you know, who's going to lead singing, lead prayer. Uh, we have some who are on the buildings and grounds and make sure that all the building is in good repair. Uh, visitation teams, uh, uh, evangelistic efforts. Uh, you know, for instance, uh, I mentioned earlier about our autumn street fair. The elders assigned one of our deacons the uh, responsibility for autumn street fair, which is an evangelistic effort for us. We, uh, um, you know, we pass out literature, we greet people. And uh, so each of our deacons has uh, assignments. Sometimes you may need more if you have more work that's going on. And uh, in a congregation our size, we just have a lot of opportunities and a lot of needs. And so uh, I think we have 12 right now. I have to go back and count. But, uh, uh, there, there are men who've been appointed for the various roles and responsibilities. Sure. I think it's, I, I guess we could call it situational. You know, every congregation is different. You, there are some, going to be some congregations who need more. There are going to be some congregations who need less. Um, I, know, I know of some congregations that they have, you know, as many as to 20 to 30 deacons, depending on, you know, all of the works that they have going on. Um, so certainly I think you can have, you know, not enough deacons. I guess you could also have too, maybe too many deacons too, um, to where perhaps they just don't have a, a job or a role that they fulfill. But you also think too, in terms of the eldership, when, as an elder, when you, when you put, as an eldership, when you put in deacons, um, you know, you have to have the wherewithal to, to know what they're doing, what's going on, and to be able to, um, just have some kind of, of, of knowledge of how they're running it and the different things. And so the more you do that, uh, the more you, deacons you have, the more responsibility uh, as an eldership you then have to oversee and such too. So I think that certainly that's something to keep in mind, I guess, as an eldership. Um, you know, you can't just haphazardly appoint deacons and throw them into into different areas and roles. Certainly there has to be planning and um, and knowledge of understanding that we now have to oversee these men and their work. Um, and that, that's more responsibility on them as well. Well, just one observation here is that we've got uh, – uh, I think three or four deacons who work on the building and grounds, but all of them have experience in that area. Sure. And uh, we have others who work with the technology. You know, we have our uh, streaming of our services mm -hmm. and stuff. And uh, some of the men who are on the building and grounds committee would not be good in the technology sure. and vice versa. So uh, uh, the elders have chosen men who have, you know, meet the qualifications, but they have uh, experience and understanding in other areas. Like on our education committee, we have a teacher on there mm -hmm. who's part of the, uh, one of the deacons. So uh, it, it helps if you have men who are, you know, serving in the areas where they have some expertise. Sure. And, uh, but you're right about uh, elders. Our elders meet with their deacons quarterly and uh, they go over, responsibilities mm -hmm. and then every few years they may move some around uh in our uh, 
deacons, give them, you know, a different set of jobs and things such as that. Sure. I also think too, I guess you can go from one end of the spectrum to the other. You can have an eldership that, you know, hands out all of the duties um, and things that need to be done um, and then never again think about it. But then you can also have an eldership that goes to the other extreme and begins to, um, I guess, hoard over or nitpick or um, just, I, I, I'm lost for the word of what I'm thinking. Micromanage. Yeah. They begin to micromanage um, the eldership. And I, and even within ministry too, they can begin to micromanage uh, a minister and the things that, that he does. And so certainly that can be um, a, a hindrance to the work of the deacons and even uh, the minister as well. Yeah, I, th- I think that the uh, the goal with a deacon is if you set him over the finances, that he doesn't lord that over people. Uh, you know, well, I'm the one that counts the money on Sundays, so you should show me some respect. You know, I don't I don't think that's what any eldership has in mind um, when they ask a deacon to maybe do that because he works at a bank and he has experience in doing something like that. Or if a congregation says, hey, you're – your guy, uh, you you and him are going to do the grounds. I don't think that he then has the right to say, well, I'm changing how we're doing every single bit of the church grounds because the elders have put me over that. I don't think that's what they intended for you when that happened. I don't think that's what they wanted. And yet now here you are, you're running all over the place and you're planning stuff that hasn't, you know, we can't take the job and over extend our authority than what we've been given. But at the same time, if an eldership tells you, hey, we want you to figure out some flowers that we want to plant and our, maybe the, the bushes that we have outside are not going to last as long as we intended. And so we're looking for something else that's cheap and affordable, but also that looks nice. And that deacon might make that decision and the members are like, I don't like that. Well, the deacon was put into that position by the eldership. He has the authority to do that. And so it's kind of that balance we're talking about here. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to make sure that deacons can do their job. But something that was said this weekend at the Truth and Love Lectureship uh, that I thought was really nice of Jonathan Burns to say. Uh, Jonathan, if you're listening to this, we're shouting you out. I hope you feel special. Um, Jonathan said, if you've never written a manuscript before, write one. If you've never edited your manuscript before, write one. And he didn't come out and say it this way, but I knew where he was at least going with it. It is incredibly difficult Mm -hmm. to do that. And until you've done it, for you to try to criticize somebody who has done it, that's not really the easiest thing in the world to do because you don't know what it's like to do it. Until you've served as a deacon or until you know what it's like to be a deacon, maybe we should kind of temper our criticisms about these men who have willingly decided to serve in a role that is completely servitude and there is no paycheck. There is nothing really involved in it other than the fact that they are serving in the kingdom and that's what they're doing. And those are the men that I'm going to criticize the most. That just seems wrong. Doesn't seem fair to them. And so I, I just, uh, just ask you last part here, brother Tony, if a deacon you said your son just recently became a deacon. He's a younger man. If an older man becomes a deacon, maybe he's not yet qualified. He's he's in his late 40s, early 50s, maybe mid-50s, and he's a little bit older, and he becomes a deacon, and all he has uh, left to accomplish is his daughter that he has needs to become a Christian. About how long do you think the process would be, could be, or should be 
for him to then be placed into a position as an elder? The answer I can think of is, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's so many dynamics. It's, you know, it's sort of like when people describe to you a marriage situation and you, you try to give, you know, um, you know, I think that's a decision way. The Bible talks about, you know, look out from among you seven men that we may appoint over this business. You know, uh, the idea is the congregation has to be the one looking and seeing, and then the other elders would, you know, look at the maturity level. There's just so many dynamics that are involved in that. Uh, um, you know, can a man serve just a year or two as an, uh, as a deacon and then be appointed an elder? Well, obviously so. Um, I'll give you a couple of illustrations. People who've served as elders here uh, for a couple of different reasons, having moved off and then come back and other reasons, are now at another congregation in our area. And they're now serving as deacons, having previously served as elders here. Uh, you know, that seems to be a little bit unique, but uh, still, uh, there's nothing wrong with that um, in uh, that opportunity uh, for them. Um, you know, my observation is there are two different offices, two different roles, and uh, some may be qualified for one and not the other. Some may be qualified for both. Sure. But, um, you know, in the area where you can serve, that's where you ought to serve. Absolutely. And I think being able to see that um, for yourself, understanding here's an area that I can serve. Here's an area perhaps where I can't serve um, and having the wherewithal within your mind to know. I'm going to do what's best for the Lord's church and I'm going to serve, you know, with the talents that God has given me to the best of my ability. Um, That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do all that I can to excel in that. I think when you have an eldership and deacons, um, ministers, members who all see that about themselves, then you have a successful body of the Lord's people who are unified with one another um, and who are all pressing towards uh, the goal. Certainly this has been a good episode. I think deacons, you know, we put a lot of focus on elders and elderships, but I think deacons sometimes, get kind of left behind or perhaps forgotten um, as individuals who we need to talk about, we need to thank, we need to be appreciative of. And so certainly uh, that is our goal in these uh, in today's episode and then also next week's episode to be able to do that, uh, to be able to highlight our, our deacons and to certainly talk about what it takes to be a deacon and certainly some of the uh, the things that, are, that come along with that. But again, Tony, thank you so much for joining us for this particular episode. We look forward to having you on uh, once again next week. Thank you. Absolutely. Certainly, um, we're grateful for uh, the opportunity to even do this podcast. Um, Hopefully, this is something that has been beneficial to you. You have enjoyed it. Don't forget that this Thursday is once again another Did That Really Happen? We have an opportunity to sit down with individuals and hear uh, some of the more comical things that have happened in life, and we get a chance to just sit back, relax, and uh, do a little bit of laughing together. So hopefully, you will uh, be able to tune in uh, for that. Also, don't forget, next week, a week from today, will be episode number four of our summer season, uh, specifically talking about uh, church leadership. After that episode, we will be halfway through already um, our summer season. But Tony will be back one more time with us for that particular episode as we talk about working well with deacons as we continue this study on deacons. Certainly, this has been beneficial. Hopefully, it has been beneficial to you as well. But until next Thursday and also next Tuesday, thank you again so much for being with us. May God bless you. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. 
And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.